Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our box number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for this show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all. Back to the show. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another installment of Box Number Five Soul Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I am your co-host, Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. How y'all feeling? So let's start with updates. I will go first. <laughs> this child, I'm tired. I'm going to just keep it real with y'all. I'm exhausted. Work has been a lot this, I, I'm not even going to say this month, this summer has been a lot. We have some cases that we are trying to pursue, and it's, it's been really stressful. It's been really intense. Also, last Friday, a case that I wanted to pursue, I got denied for that. So that was very emotional for me. I was crying all morning. Thank God I got my new prescription of antidepressants with refills because I kind of was able to get over it because I had other meetings and other stuff I had to do that day. But th- this week, this summer, work-wise, like, I'm happy to have a job, but this has been hard. It's been, it's, it, it's hard. This is what I asked for. This is what I wanted. But at times, it can be overwhelming. So this weekend, I d- definitely took some space for myself, closed the laptop, Saturday, I went to the movies all day. I saw Escape Room. I saw Black Widow. And then I saw at home on HBO Max, I watched Space Jam. I also watched Power. I'm catching up on Power. We're going to have a little conversation about Power later on in the show. So I've really been trying to carve that, that personal time for myself to just entertain myself in different ways just to balance out with the the stress and demands of work this summer uh, shout out to my friend ken he he popped up over on sunday and we got to hang out and we went to dinner he ended up spending the night uh my friend from baltimore so i i did get time to for those two days even though they went by so fast to kind of calm down and relax and prepare me for work this week but y'all it's a bitch if you're watching this you can see i don't got no paint on i don't got my my little shortcut out i'm i'm making it i'm making it but like i said i'm happy to be in this position i pray i, I pray to be in this position that i'm in right now and i take none of that for granted but it's just hard and sometimes a girl just needs a break or a nice body to lay on or something to, to give me peace. So I'm always striving to try to find balance to balance the demands of my work with my personal life and just find that balance. So y'all just keep me in your prayers. I have a couple of events this during the middle of this week. I'm going out to this event tomorrow night, this award ceremony to honor LGBTQ folks in DC. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going back. I'm going to Baltimore this weekend to just be uh, be home with my mom, help around the house, and see her and see some of my people in Baltimore and just hang just hang out. And I want to go to a club or two and just be social. So I. Yeah, child, it, it child, it's it's a lot. I'm just trying. I'm trying to maintain. I'm thankful for my antidepressants, bitch. Because if I ain't have them, bitch, it will be so hard to get up out of bed in the morning. But I'm I'm here. I'm of course I'm happy to be recording another week of this podcast. This is one of the the bright spots in my life, and I'm just happy to be here. Sis, what's going on with you? What's your update? Um, this has been one of the busiest weeks that I've had in a very long time. Um, just trying to process, um, you know, 
I mean, my new position with my sorority, you know, you at, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. I say that all the time, but child, it's a lot of work behind the scenes. Shout out to Cap Auto Saving Sorority Incorporated. If you're interested, I am the first and supreme antibosilus, um, which is the person that is over re recruitment and intakes. So if you're interested in becoming one of my sorors potentially, um, please email me at first anti supreme. That's First, as in the number one, S-T-A-N-T-I, supreme, at dot kiss at gmail.com. So that's first, anti-supreme, dot kiss at gmail.com. Um, but other than that, um, so this weekend, so I did have a good weekend. Um, I was able to see, so this was last week was our Founders Week. So there were a myriad of different events over the week. And I'm very, very excited to just see, and this is my first founders event as a part of the sorority. Um, shout out to my, my line sisters um, and congratulations. And happy Founders Day, happy birthday, happy cap anniversary to cap out with a single sorority incorporated. We are seven years in the game now. Um, and that, that was exciting. It was an exciting milestone. And I got to celebrate it with some folk this weekend that were very, very powerful and people that I cared about. So that always felt good. Um, men Like Us came to Atlanta. So my friend, Chris Patterson, um, and he is a friend of mine. So behind the scenes, um, he and I have built quite the friendship. Um, I'd like to say that he considers me a part of his board of advisors and he's an avid listener of our show. So Chris, I want you to know that I love you and I thoroughly enjoyed you when you came here to Atlanta. Um, your energy is dope in person and that's cool. Like, that's cool. Um, you look like how I thought you would look, which is funny. I mean, not because we see each other on the computer, but you know, like you don't know what it's going to give, you know, like, but he looks the same. He looks like himself. So yeah, he gave exactly what I thought he was going to give, even down to his dress. <laughs> and I, I just, I like, I, 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 I can, I like Chris a lot. And this confirmed that we will be friends probably for a while because I really enjoy him, Tierra, him get along well. And um, he brought his friend Mike McFarland. And that was my first time meeting Mike in person. And, um, um, that was fun. And there was another guy that was there and shout out to Tyra. Um, I forget her last name at the moment, but shout out to Tyra. Um, I enjoyed her. She was the only other trans woman holding it down in this group of men. And, um, you know, she has this really cool laid back vibe and we've connected and we've been texting and, um, shout out to you girl. Plus, I don't even know if you are, I have to remind myself too. Everybody's not as much of an activist as I am. So I don't want to give her last name because I don't know where she is in her, you know, in her, you know. So out of respect, I'll leave that hanging. But shout out to you, Tyra. I really enjoyed you. Um, other than that, um, just coming into this week, it's been raining here in Atlanta, and that triggers. Um, I get I get headaches when it rains, or I always uh, or my headaches get worse. And so it's been raining, storming actually really bad today, and so I'm not in the greatest of places, but I'm here. Um, and I'm ready to get down to this potting. So how are you doing, sis? I mean, like, what? so what topic did you want to talk about first? Well, before we do the topics, you know, we have to do the housekeeping. Okay, the housekeeping, yes. So, bam, make sure y'all have your books for the, the pot, Ooh, the Box Number 5 so Podcast Summer Book Club. This is our last book for the summer, The Meaning of Mariah by Mariah Carey. Make sure you all get your books, preferably from Black-owned book retailers. Make sure you look them up. We will be having our book club on Saturday, August the 14th at 8 p.m., only on Patreon. We will be having our discussion live. We usually go on and talk for an hour just about our reactions to the book and different how we responded to the gems and the themes. And we have really good conversations. Right now, if you go to our Patreon, you can see our conversation from June. We talked about Revelations by Betty Smith and our conversation from last weekend before last, we talked about Wild Seed 
by Octavia E. Butler, but make sure you get the meaning of Mariah and also make sure you go to Patreon and you set your reminder so that you can be live with us when we discuss the book. You'll be able to comment as we're talking and, and contribute to the conversation and just build community with us. So make sure you all get your books and become a part of the book club. And we will be starting a fall book club. I don't know exactly when we're going to start it off for fall, but we're going to continue this into, into the fall and build our little book community. Also, make sure if you're listening to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, make sure you rate us five stars and you leave a review. It helps people to find our podcast if they're looking for podcasts that center trans content and that center women content and that centers black content. They can find all of that about number five. So also make sure you're telling a friend about our podcast. We are in the season where we are trying to grow our podcast, grow our numbers, uh, expand our our reach. So make sure you put the word out there. If you know of any events you want us to host or anything that you want us to be a part of, please feel free to tell them about myself or the lioness and to just get the word out here. We have a we have a fabulous body of work of. Uh, podcast episodes of recorders on our patreon page and we are really good at what we do and we we are really effortless what we do and we love to we are we're in the process of building community and reaching out to y'all so make sure y'all y'all help promote us y'all are going to see us on your screens and on advertisements very soon so make sure y'all help some black trans sisters out as we as we're on our come up as we're on our we're on our glow up sister do you have anything you want to add shout out to all of the people that have participated in our book our book series thus far and uh, we thank you and we love you but also shout out to all of those individuals that have been a support for us over this time. We ask that you appreciate us. I know we're coming into a hiatus, but come back for all new and exclusive content for the new season. And we love you and thank you. So once again, we don't we don't have any particular topics for tonight we are just going to have uh, another shoot the shit conversation whatever comes to our heads or whatever we feel like talking about we're going to to talk we don't we are so busy that we don't have the energy to go into one of our structured conversations but don't worry those will be coming soon at some point but we just want y'all to get into us as sisters get into us as women and we just want to approach some topics and we just we want to take it from there so the first i want to start by revisiting the nelly's the nelly's situation or the nelly's event so I think a couple of episodes ago in the history of violence conversation, we discussed this topic in re- re- reference to Nelly's sports bar, the, the white-owned LGBT bar in Washington, D.C., in the Shaw neighborhood, and the incident that happened during Pride where the Black security guard pulled the Black woman by her braids down two flights of stairs which resulted in a series of protests where where people were asking every, the community to boycott Nellie's, to shut Nellie's down, to take Nellie's liquor license down. And as a result of the protests and the attention around this Black woman being attacked during Pride, the bar was shut down after Pride. And it since reopened, I believe, this weekend. So it was shut down for about a month and it has reopened over the weekend and there's been some developments with this particular situation. I know right after the situation, the young lady, the young the young black woman that was assaulted, she has sent for a civil suit against the bar. But now that now the bar has opened and the plot has thickened. So I'm going to read the story. Let me pull it up. Bear with me. Okay. Well, you read it. Do I need to have? Do I need to? Do I am I? Do I need to be girded up? Do I? Is it gonna piss me off? Well, I don't know. We'll see. So it reached. So the title of the story is 
this article is it reeked of performance. Nelly's step towards inclusive inclusivity falls short for activists. And this came out on July 20th, which I which I think is to, is that today? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, it's today. This came out today. Yeah. In the wake, yeah, so we're recording on the 20th. In the wake of a month-long boycott and ongoing demonstrations, Nelly's Sports Bar, a mainstay in D.C. gay gay nightlife scene, has vowed to take steps towards inclusivity. After a security guard dragged a Black woman headfirst down the bar stairs during Pride Week, Nelly's released its first in-depth statement on Friday, July 16th, addressing the incident, pledging to make several changes in the bar's operations. But those who have been boycotting, protesting, and demonstrating outside of the U Street establishment for the past several weeks described the bar statement as empty and performative, failing to meet the demands that they've been calling for since the incident occurred and continuing to ignore the voices of Black LGBTQ patrons who say they felt unsafe in DC's queer light life spaces for years. The Facebook post includes an apology to Keisha Young, the 22-year-old woman who was dragged down the stairs by Nelly's security contractor and the announcement of a new hire, wait a minute, wait, wait for it, Ruby Corrado, the founder and director of Casa Ruby, will be the business's new director of community engagement, tasked with leading diversity and inclusion trainings. The bar, which has since reopened, has also created a customer feedback page where any concerns reported will be acted upon within 72 hours, stated that de-escalation training is now included in new employee onboarding, and highlighted the more than 1 million it's donated to local profit organizations since opening over a decade ago. As we reopen to serve the community and ensure continued employment of our team of 50 employees, all of us at Nellie's renew our mission to be an inclusive, welcoming and safe space for women, for all people of color, for the entire LGBTQ plus community, and for all our uh, and for all our neighbors and friends, reads the statement signed by owner Doug Shanks. We promise to see you, to listen to you, to embrace you, and to welcome you each night. Um, let me jump down because this is long. Uh, let me jump down. Corrado says she was contacted by Nellie's on Friday, July 16th, and accepted a paid contract to lead diversity and inclusion, inclusion training, services she has offered via a contract basis for years, she says. While she says she's aware of some pushback against her hiring, she says her decades of working of work serving Black LGBTQ plus residents equips her to do the job. I am hoping to bring the community together, Corrado says. My intention in general was to come into a space and facilitate communication like I have done. Uh, at a Black party outside of Nellie's on Friday, evening following Nellie's announcement, Taylor and Makaya Green um, organizers with Harriet Harriet's Wildest Dreams approached Corrado to discuss her decision to accept the job. Corrado described the encounter as tense, but Taylor denies verbally assaulting Corrado. Instead, Taylor says they had, they and Corrado went inside Nellie's later that evening and had a civil conversation regarding organizers' concerns with her hiring. I told her, don't let the divide us, Taylor says. Mitchum was not at Friday's Black Party, but re reached out to Corrado over email following a tweet exchange on Friday, asking to meet up to asking to meet up to discuss Corrado's decision to accept the job. One thing I do do want to do to make clear that this is not organizers and active activists versus Ruby Corrado. So. I'm going to stop there because it's a very long article. If you were able to stay with me, I appreciate you for following the thing. So Preston Mitchum, who is a, a colleague and an associate of mine, I know um, him, he's a lawyer and a policy expert. He posted a tweet. I don't know if he put it today or yesterday, 
but he posted a tweet after this article came out and said, what's really frustrating is how Nelly's new director of community engagement is saying she's communicating with organizers and activists about next steps. She has not, and no meetings have been set. And this is our point, brought on to, to derail and be used. Please listen to those of us who have been there from day one. However, considering that she never reached out to us before contractually obligating herself to Nellie's and seeing how they wrongfully and intentionally call her a bar manager, this isn't surprising. Sis, what are your thoughts? It's a lot to process. Um, I'm putting, I'm put, we didn't discuss this before in our pre-production show and I'm putting, yes, I'm putting a line that's on the spot, but I, I want, I, I want your real reaction. First, I want to start by saying, well, fuck Nellie's, okay? Um, because I do feel like what they're trying to do in this moment is find um, a face that they believe will assuage the commentary. They were looking for a token, someone to put in a position to minimally do anything so that they could pay her and say that they're paying a person of color, saying that they have somebody that has done it for 20 years to use her credentials to silence black voices. And um, as a Latin woman, I want to say you do not on the strength of what you've already done, have the ability to say that you're the expert on how to handle black people. You don't have that. You're not that girl. You never, you're not that girl. And I, and then that's not shading the Ruby. So I want to be very clear. Ruby Corrado is a, as a, as a, as a legend in our community. She's someone that has helped a lot of people. There is controversy around her before this, during this, and there will be after, but I don't, I, I want to be clear that my comments here are not to diminish Ruby Corrado, the person, but I will critique what I think is an, a decision here that I feel like is short-sighted. So Ruby, I understand. As a woman that has done this work and as a woman that gives trainings and as a woman that does operate as a consultant, we oftentimes don't have the luxury of picking and choosing who wants us to come see them. I've had to give cultural competency training for black churches that brought me there with the intent on having debate. Okay. That brought me there in a disingenuous way so they could say they had this conversation, but it was really less fine. One of them bring them in and see if we can go bat them. And I took that money because as a consultant, I, you know, I, they were offering a call. They, they were, they were willing to pay my fee and I was willing to have that conversation. So I understand as a consultant, putting yourself sometimes in situations that are uncomfortable for the call, but it's short-sighted when you call yourself a leader in LGBT movement to inject yourself or to allow an organization to inject you. So according to what we just heard, the 16th she was asked, now the 20th she got the job, she didn't do no investigation, none. None. If what we're going off of what she just said, your statement said you didn't know nothing about them wanting to hire you, none of this until the 16th, 17th, whatever she said it was. And now here we are on the 20th. So since there's no way you did the adequate amount of legwork that you would to, that I would expect you to do as a leader in going and reaching out to the community to see what the fuck is going on before you stuck your neck in this. So you don't get to call yourself the leader and the girl, that girl who can do all of this and I can handle it and my 20 years shows that I can handle it. You don't get to be that girl and not check in. On the black folks, you say you represent me because you're not black, Ruby. No matter how often and how regularly you affiliate, you don't know what it is and, and it's okay. You have Latin individuals have their own form and they know what racism is. I'm not saying you don't know what racism is, but you don't know what it is to be black. And you don't know what it is in this situation because you did not do the research. So now you stepped into a can of worms. Now that activist who approached her about her recent hire, I felt did it the way, you know, did it the way you're supposed to do it. I mean, sis, are you aware that you're getting into something? Are you aware that this ain't what it's supposed to be? Are you aware that these people are exploiting you? Are you aware that even in the way they wrote that bitch, they minimized the shit out of you? Are you aware that they're just using your name and you're now the defender of the bar? Are you aware? 
And I would have, I would have posed those questions to her in much that same manner. So um, uh, it's unfortunate that I think Ruby missed that opportunity to listen and not feel like I am the expert. Cause you, cause I, even for me as a black woman, I'm not going to inject myself needlessly in a situation, particularly when I feel like I could be being exploited. And when people are around me are telling me you getting involved in this is going to make an unnecessary complication to what is a process that don't have to be complicated. We have experienced something as a community and we are advocating for ourselves and defending our rights and our, and, and we're using our free speech to be able to combat this her injecting herself and then using her legacy as weight for this bar is problematic. And I just like I can roast Janet, I, you know, when she wrong and love on her when she right, I can do the same for Ruby. Ruby, I love you. You've done a lot of great work. You dead ass wrong in my opinion, just from what I just read. And now this is just off of the, off of the, the reading of this article. So I wanna acknowledge that I don't know the full scope of everything that transpired. But I will say it sounds fishy and the fish thinks from the head, Ruby, you can't claim to be the head and not understand that if you are in, if you're in this situation and the whole thing's thinking, bitch, you stinking too. You've now made yourself the stinking ass bitch. And that may maybe not have been your intent, but this situation stinks. That rest of that particular bar establishment, it stinks. You have now put yourself in there and don't get mad and don't now try to play victim. Now, what I'm not going to be able to do is have this trans woman now play victim and say, she's being attacked by these black people. <laughs> now, what I'm not gonna let you do is lean back on your transness now to rally the white allies to defend you against, against black people. And you stuck your neck in this shit and you ain't had no business. What are your thoughts, sis? So I will start by saying this, Ruby and I have a relationship Ruby, Ruby is the Ruby is the main reason I was able to take my activism in Baltimore to a national level. At a time when I had gave up on activism after after working at War, uh, that organization that I talked about on one of our episodes last year, working at a nonprofit, I had gave up. I, I wasn't fucking with community no more. I was just going to live in stealth and just focus on me. And uh, a serendipitous meeting with Ruby and seeing Casa Ruby in this former stage and meeting Ruby and Ruby just pouring into me and living for me. She was she was she was she was the inspiration behind me starting the Baltimore Trans Alliance. She planted she helped me to plant the seed for that. And she made herself available to show me the game and, and, and break the game down to me. And she's been somebody that throughout the years, we've been able to build a camaraderie with each other. Now we are not cooking crunch girlfriends. I'm not calling her on the phone every day to spread tea. Like that's not the nature of our relationship, but she is somebody that when I need her for something career-wise or professional, uh, she's there. I believe I believe she she may have even wrote a letter of recommendation for me for law school. I can't remember, but she's somebody I have history with. So, and I, I I have a lot of respect for her, and I try to compartmentalize the good parts about her because there has been some rumblings in community throughout the year, and it just is what it is. But I try to compartmentalize the good things about her because our, our origin did start from a pure genuine place. Now, I have to hold Ruby accountable for the situation because the optics just don't look good. It, it just the and Ruby, you are uh, at this point you're a native Washingtonian. So you know what's up. You 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 didn't just arrive on the scene like a year or two ago. Like you've been in DC, and you know the dynamics of the bar. And though you are not black, you've been around enough black people. You you have married two black men. You, you married some black. Like you know you know enough about black people to know about anti-black racism and what we go through, particularly as black folks. So like I'm not going to I'm. I can't give you the benefit of the doubt that you didn't 
as somebody that is in proximity to Black people and as somebody that is the head of an organization and you always have to think about optics and how stuff looks, I can't give you the benefit of the doubt that you didn't know that you, you putting yourself in this position wasn't going to cause some type of backlash. Like at, at some point, even though Ruby, Ruby is not some, Ruby has some type of access and some type of privilege. I'm pretty sure if she would have walked away from this, she wouldn't have been hurting for nothing. So it, it leads me to think that you purposely put yourself in this position or you had to be the one to mend fences or to, when that wasn't your place to do that. And now you, and now you gag it. Now they're going to gag you. They're going to dance you. And this, and I guess this is just a cautionary tale to people. You don't have to say yes to everything. All money make the money. Right, you don't have to say, it's nothing wrong with saying you're going through a, a lot right now, but this is not my place to have this conversation, especially when they've been here several times before. This is a, a entity or organization that don't care about changing because if that was the case, instead of hiring you to come in, they would have reached out directly to the organizers who I'm sure most of, they aren't just like street people on the streets. These are like professional people that just happen to be activists, lawyers and, and social workers and, and people with legitimate skill sets that, and that probably would come in for free. They shouldn't come in for free, but will probably come in for free because they, they're passionate about the stuff that they're protesting in front of your bar for. But you wanted to try to sidestep them. You purposely got somebody that wasn't Black. And you tried to do the divide and conquer, and it blew up in your... The, the half-hearted gesture blew up in your face. But back to Ruby, it's just like, sis, I love you down, but you brought this on your soul. And you just and I'm happy that you were able to sit with the protesters and you were able to have a conversation and they were able to talk you through why this is a good idea. But no shit, you have enough people around you that could have been like, girl, this is ain't the this just ain't the move, or this is so girl again. We have more free will than we give ourselves. Yeah. Nobody forced you to take that position. And you did, like, girl. Well, like, part of the story that really turned me out, what really kicked me in the pussy, was the idea that that conversation with the activist was I'm being attacked. Like, the tone of that. Like, you have right. to be very careful as a non, as a, as a, as a non-Black woman that you aren't putting this narrative out there that we're crazy right like these people aren't crazy or we're aggressive or we're or we're aggressive or we are angry and we're rageful and vengeful and we can't have regular conversation that's dog whistle and so i just want to be clear ruby i respect the shit out of you as a person shout out to ruby corrado and her um um casa ruby it has changed lives it has like i'm not i'm not taking anything away from this woman's legacy and the people that she has put on she but but even our allies have to know when to step up and step back. There's only so much allyship that you're doing before now you're taking over and you're making the conversation about you. So then now the idea that this conversation about this bar and the racism and the civil suit now has Ruby Carrado in it. And now she's having to give statements on conversations and this and that. I just almost, it almost feels in a twisted way like this was an attention grabbing thing. Because how are you centering yourself? Even if your goal is, is now I'm the girl that's gonna come in and do training and I'm gonna be some type of community liaison or whatever that role entails, you gotta work with these people, right? Like if the goal is restorative justice here, if your whole point of getting this job was to make things better there, you're going to have to work with these people. So putting a narrative out there that, that, that they were, that it was 10, and you felt away, that's not going to go well for that relationship. And it also says a lot about intention. Because even if it was even if it was a tense conversation as a person of color, 
you know that when you say that a black woman or a black person was aggressive or that they approached you in an aggressive manner, that you're dog whistling to racists and other people, that this is this isn't a reasonable request. These people aren't behaving rationally, that they aren't being reasonable. You're casting doubt onto the very premise that they're trying to help have a conversation with you about. So I want to challenge you, Ruby. This is a moment to really evaluate what side of history do you want to be on and what fight do you want to be in? This ain't your fight, but you've made it yours. You can extract yourself at any time, but you don't get to jump in the fight on behalf of this or institution, get a title and a check, and then get mad that now we're talking about you, sis, because as long as you're representing Nellie's, this may not be the last Box Number 512 podcast that we might have a critique against you. And we live for you. But at the same time, no one is above, no one is above critique. Now, a little bit later, I, I'm gonna have a conversation about you know, how we critique each other in community and the platforms and how we use them. But in this case, you are a woman that has put herself in a PR position. So I don't mind going at you. You're not a private citizen. <laughs> you've used your legacy and all that you've done for us. And the idea that it's that and all that I've done for y'all niggas. Very much I've been giving you niggas like from, from Color Purple Tea. <laughs> like it's very much like I've been good to y'all. You have been great to us, but you can still be a problem if you get in our way. What are your thoughts, sis? No, I think I said everything I had to say. It just wasn't a good look. It just was it just wasn't a good look, Ruby. It wasn't like you. You have Casa Ruby. You don't, you don't, you, you don't, it, it didn't have to be you. It didn't have to be you. Like, and we need, again, this is, trust Black people to get the work done. Trust the activists. If they want to shut the bar down or they want to protest the bar every night to get it closed, oh well. That's, that's, the, that's the consequence. That's yeah. the consequence that Natalie says to deal with until they get their liquor's license snatched and shut down. Because Nellie's is not these little half-hearted statements. And when you're not willing to meet with the people, that says enough to me. And that's no. all that needs to be said. You're not willing to have the communication. And Ruby, you haven't had that conversation yet. And you're going to have to, if you because now they called you out on it. So I hopefully you're trying to have that conversation ASAP. But if I were you, I would tender my resignation before I even got started, bitch. It's, it's not worth it. It's just not. And nobody will judge you. It won't be like, because a lot of times, sometimes the girls, unfortunately, because we're good warriors, organizations will use us to, to warrior on their behalf. Because in a lot of cases, we don't give a fuck because life doesn't allow us to give a fuck about other people's feelings. We will go hard for whatever cause, right? I've seen so many trans women, particularly trans women of color, left out to dry after an organization was finished with them. And these girls are going so hard, even to the point where they're arguing with other girls in community about this org. Everybody's had that bad, bad experience with them. And we telling you, sis, this ain't a good look. But again, I have seen time and time again, girls get in though, get, make the, let the organization deputize them as the face. And then they catch all of the brunt and all of the shade and all of this. And what's gonna gag you is when Nellie's is nowhere near to support you. What's going to gag you is when now they have a scapegoat to say, well, she didn't do what she said. So we 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 told we thought she could handle it because now the lack of conversation is on you. Never let somebody put you in this situation. For all of my young listeners out there, for those of you under the sound of my voice that may be interested in getting into advocacy, if just because they say they are nonprofit, just because they tell you that they're doing X, Y, and Z, just because the mission and vision statement or the call the company policy says one thing doesn't mean that it's going to always be in your benefit because they say they care about you. This is supposed to be an LGBT safe space that's dragging black people out. So for those of us that are black, it's not a safe place. And for those of you that are allies listening to me right now, I want you to know, you gotta know when to step up and step back. I, I, I cannot stress enough. You have to, like my sister said, trust our intelligence, trust our capacity, Trust our ability to negotiate. We didn't need a mediator in this scenario that a non-black mediator to assuage the niggas based on her 20 plus years of experience. We didn't need that, Ruby. And the idea that you even went there, I feel like I'm qualified because I have this much experience. Well, girl, that doesn't qualify you to speak for us. It doesn't, it really don't. 
So just keep that in mind, allies. And <laughs> <laughs> it's out. It's out. Like, I, I have to stress that because I have heard more than one ally saying it. You hear the cis white men saying, I work with trans women all the time. Well, or the, or the cis black gay men. That say, I, 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 my, my trans mother is trans. I got trans friends. That's still like saying, I got nigga friends. I don't even know if she realized the tone that that gave, but like I'm, it very much comes off like I'm a non-black person saying I got black friends, so I'm qualified. Like, look, I have a whole nonprofit that helps primarily niggas. I'm qualified. Like, no, you're not. Particularly not because this is another. This is also another organization that services black people that don't do them well. And I'm not saying your organization doesn't do them well, but what I'm saying is you're conflating the two. And you don't want to do that. Because that's going to fuck up the real money, the legacy, quantity, the thing that we love you for. You're going to fuck that up, tying your name, Ruby Carrado and Costa Ruby, to this. Penelis. That's not even a good piece. I wouldn't even want my business or my brand associated with Nellie's. Because now they're forever going to be as the the place where the girl got, the black woman got drugged down and stuck by her brain. So now if I'm a trans woman and I'm moving and I'm moving to the city and I'm Googling your name, Ruby, so I'm Googling a place to get help and I Google and Costa Ruby comes up and then I Google your name and I see this Nelly thing. Do you think that that's going to bode well? Like just keeping it real. Do you think that that's going to bode well long-term that you're tying your legacy and using the legacy as the basis for getting involved in this shit? I think it's crazy. I think you should pull out. I think everybody involved I, and it's and it's not oh Casa Ruby supported the effort of the protesters and to no Casa Ruby Carrado of Casa Ruby aligned with Nellie's. Can the I tell place you what's also where, scary? Is this plays also into that narrative that a lot of um black lot black woke right wing, you know, the, the conservatives in the black movement, the black power movement, the conservatives in the Black Lives Matter movement, the people that want to deny that trans people have a place. <laughs> this is playing right into their hands. This is right. In, this is a trans woman coming in, and this is not even a black trans woman coming in and using her transness as a way to speak on behalf of blackness. This is exactly what we what we because we, we 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 like to believe that we can exist in intersections and can be both. But in this case, this bar found out well. What's a good person that I can put in that even black people will be scared to come again? That's what they did, Ruby. Like they hedged their bets and was like, PR wise, who is the hardest person for, for these for these niggas to argue with? A Latin trans woman that has a homeless shelter. Like, bitch, this is the last. They're using the optics of what you are and your position in community to exploit you. And I just can't believe you don't see it. And I pray for what I read that you you get some clarity, sis, because this ain't it. Maybe you need to talk to some more activists. Maybe the bitch that sat down breath was saying she didn't give you what you needed. But you need to talk to some more people. You don't know enough, clearly. Because there's no way you thought you could speak for us. Not just on the strength of your record, bitch. No, no, no. You're not black. You don't get the chance. Go ahead. Right, and you should, and as a non-black person, you should always be interrogating yourself. I don't care if you married to a black person. I don't care if you had black daughters. You are not black, so you should always, and it's always going to be a new situation. You should always be interrogating yourself and checking your privilege. Because unfortunately, they picked you because you weren't black, and you need to know that. So, we will keep y'all updated as more updates come out about that particular story. Also, I, we weren't going to make this a topic, but but there was an update. We talked about, I think we talked about the story in the same episode of the the little boy, the uh, the queer boy whose parents recorded his abuse on social media and that became a big story. I'm trying to find the story now, but I did see a couple of days ago that his parents were arrested. His parents and two, I'm guessing his brother or his sisters were his the adults. Yeah, well, the adult, the adults in it. Okay, so three adults arrested after viral video surfaces of them abusing 12-year-old Tyler for being gay. Uh, I'm reading this off of Gay E, the social media site on Instagram. 
So I know we talked in that episode that he was pulled from the family already. Yeah. So according to Fox 5 Atlanta, reporter Eric Perry who tweeted today, July 16th, three adults were arrested for verbally and physically abusing a young boy because of his sexual orientation. The viral video showed him being hit repeatedly and someone shaved gay on the side of his head. They are charged with cruelty to children and battery. This story is in development. So just wanted to report that for folks that listen to our A History of Violence episode that the adults responsible are at least have been arrested. And I'm not going to say justice is made because I, I never want to see Black folks go into the, the justice system. It's fucked up. But we Black folks, Black cis hat folks, y'all asses got to start being held accountable and we need this for the culture so that going forward, Black parents of little Black queer children know that it's not okay to be physically violent with their children who are queer in this way. Like, we need, we really need a cultural shift because the fact that so many Black people saw that video and thought it was okay to literally beat the, beat the gay out of your child or to reprimand your child because they're they're telling you that they're gay or they're trans like we need a culture shift in community it's not it's not okay to abuse your child because they're lgbtq it's not it's not so um while i am for persian abolition and and redirecting resources so that so black people have resources to education and to money to one, understand their child and financially support and provide security for their child. In this instance, I am glad that the parent, the, the court system is able to hold the parents accountable in some type of way. And I really hope they, they learn, if not for nothing, I hope that they learn that they can't, they can't treat the Tyler the way in which they did because it's unacceptable. And, and also that there will not only be the justice system behind Tyler, but there are also a community of all of us that are going to be like, not on my watch, not on my watch, not again. So, sis, did you have any thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts. So I want to, but I, I, I can succinctly say, um, I am very clear that in, in a lot of situations in life, there is gray area. I am very clear that I do not want to see black people locked up. For well, I do, I am very clear that the prison industrial complex exploits and abuses and is a modern slavery. I am very clear that um, I that I think that we need to be protecting Black people from the criminal system. But I also am an extremely motherfucking clear that I don't play by babies and old people. I don't play about children and the elderly. I don't play. I don't play about my elders and I don't play about kids. In, their, in life, I feel like as adults, as grownups, as people that have been, uh, that, 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 that have a level of privilege, right? We have a responsibility to protect those that are vulnerable, vulnerable population. So in some ways, as a black and trans person, I am a vulnerable population, right? But I also feel that I have a, a duty as an adult that is able-bodied to morally, um, and with my actions, show up in the world where I'm going to protect those that are otherly abled and those that are younger than me, that are uh, that, that they may not have the ability to advocate for themselves and for our elderly who also may not be necessarily in the physical position to defend and advocate for themselves. I don't play about children and I don't play about old people. If you hear about me getting into a public scuffle in the street, I'm defending an elderly person or a child. I'm not somebody that, or you or myself or a loved one, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not a girl that's just getting into conflicts, but I will pop my nails off and go ham behind my, behind. Girl, I'm not, I am that girl. I'm the girl that will get on the bus. And when the old lady get on with all the bags and the niggas are still sitting, get the fuck up. I know you see your mom. I know you see that lady. I know you see that 78 year old lady with 10 bags that just got on this motherfucking bus. And I know you see her. Put your cell phone down and you need to let her, I'm very that girl. Because I, I would want someone to advocate for me if I'm an 80-year-old woman on the bus, black woman on the bus in the middle of 90 degree Georgia, you bitch. And you just love these bags, you love these baggage on this bus and all these niggas sat here and, they, and you're, mind you, 
you're the only one standing, bitch. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to get involved. That's me. I'm that girl. I'm the girl that's going to be like, hey, 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 is there any way we can let Queen Mother sit? You know, because I feel like, you know, she and, and if she tells me, oh, no, I'm fine. Okay, now I'm going to back down because I'm going to respect my elder, but bitch, I'm going to advocate. So in this situation, particularly with this boy, I have no sympathy for these parents. Zero. And this is from someone that, that, that like Rihanna, fancies themselves uh, uh, somewhat of an abolitionist. I do not support nobody abusing children. And as someone that has went through a myriad of different experiences in my life, I can relate to this in ways that I find very painful and triggering. And I said that on the previous podcast, but what, I, what I'm glad is that justice is served. I'm glad that this young man knows that, it, that what his parents did was not okay. Because what's really fucked up is those of us that grew up and did not realize that that wasn't okay. And then became adults and allowed so many years of abuse, so many years of self-abuse, so many years of self-neglect happened because you didn't see value in yourself because no one told you that shit was not fucking okay. So I'm glad that, uh, unfortunately, I also don't like to see black families. I know the foster care system is also equally as dangerous and toxic. Hopefully this young man has been placed in a place that is a therapeutic environment where he's getting the support that he needs and not just thrown in a group home and forgotten about like they do with a lot of minorities, right? So I'm hoping that on the other side, the system is protecting this child's mentality. But, you know, it's not a gimme with the system that we're in. So this isn't a great win for all around for nobody. I don't, but I do believe that you don't need to have your motherfucking kids and you do need to have go to jail if you're, when you're beating on them, period, first of all, because the way that went down was just nasty anyway. But then on the other side of it, the idea that, this is all because of who your child shows up at in the world. Well, then you're not a safe place. And that child don't need to be with you because they will always be gay. And now, because I know you to be a vindictive, petty motherfucker, you don't need that baby in the house because you will take that back out on them. So I don't know what needs to happen, but I don't think they should have access to that little boy until they're going through some type, of, some type of therapy and can demonstrate over a period of time that they are never going to ever put their hands on him like that again or make him feel a way because there's a way in which mental abuse can be equally and sometimes more damaging than physical abuse because even when nobody's putting their hands on you that shit echoes in your brain for the rest of your days like a repeating cycle i'll never forget the first time i was called out of my name by a relative i'll never forget the first time that i was beaten for just showing up in the space like did you never forget shit like that so the psychology behind this is going to be with this man this boy for many many years but like you said brianna i'm glad that he knows and hopefully he will discover one day and it's a bunch of us that don't play by babies and old people that's fit to go ham. They don't play about the children and the elderly and we, we will defend. And I consider myself a defender and I hope my words somehow added into the discourse that provided the vehicle for them people to get locked the fuck up. And that's how I feel. <laughs> I hope that we were a part of the den of voices that help get them people locked up for beating on that baby. So... I had another topic I wanted to talk about, but I really just want to transition into our last topic because I don't want to keep us here that long. Sis, I'm going to let you take it away. You had a, a message that you wanted to give to our sisters in the community. So let's go. Let's do it. So listen, so yes, we, we, live, we live in a world where Black trans women in particular for so long have not had voices. And we've had to carve our own path. We've had to, to, to blaze our own trails. We've had to create our own platform. And a lot of these platforms we built and we developed and we set up to tear down the systems of oppression that say that we can't do it, to say that we're not good enough, to say that we're not pretty enough, to say that we can't be on TV, to say that we can't be commentary, social commentarians, to say that we can't participate in the collective social consciousness and elevate the conversation that we have nothing to add. Like a lot of us, we're doing this because we had to carve out our own way to speak and to speak clearly on what we believe in. And, I want, and I'm okay with a black trans woman saying it with her motherfucking chest. But particularly for grown black trans women listening on this call, I feel like we have to get to that place where we... We have to get to that place where... Hold on one second. So... My point in this is we show up in this space with a lot of stuff going on and we develop these platforms because we want to have a voice. I get it. 
what I want us to be careful is that we don't take this power that we've been given this platform and misuse it. And to me, I, I, I believe that we live in a free, we, you know, free speech is important. I believe you should be able to give commentary about whatever you want. On this podcast, you saw us give critique of a leader, someone that has actually poured into us collectively just by existing and poured into my sister directly. And we still were able to critique her. The difference in and what I'm about to speak on is we have to make sure that we're using our platforms to constructively criticize each other in a way that is um, that a way that is productive, in a way that is affirming, in a way that is. Now, here's the reality: if a bitch come for me, right, directly on the internet, I'm gonna read. Now, not necessarily because I'm not gonna act like I'm above it. I'm gonna say what I have to say, but there's gonna be a line. I'll keep it where it needs to be. So, if you for example, were to send me a message on a thread, and or not you, Brianna, but someone were to send me a shady message, I'm a, I, I can meet shade for shade, girl. We can go at it. I can have a little debate with you. We can have discourse. Where, to me, it becomes a problem is when you know you have a platform, right? So very recently, there's this new phenomenon of trans women ranting on each other. Like, there are Bego channels. There are channels on, I've seen girls go on Instagram Live. I've seen girls do Facebook Lives where... The subject of the lie is a black, another black trans woman that they are in battle or conflict with, and it could be something small. But what we do is we take that platform that we built, you know, in defiance of oppression. We take this platform that we built to have a voice. We take this platform that we built to uplift black trans voices. And then you start trashing the very community that you say you're uplifting. And here's why. Even if somebody bothers you, I do feel that if you're someone with a platform, you have a duty to, to make sure that you're respecting their dignity as a trans person. If you're a trans person speaking, the world is going to tell us we look like men. The world is going to say that we got broad shoulders and big backs and wide necks and your motherfucking ass and this and that. The world is going to talk about how we, we broke and we ain't got shit and we ain't educated and y'all hoes ain't exposed and this and that. The world is going to give us all of that. They reading us as we speak, sis. For those of you that feels like you have to go at another trans woman, they're reading us. You can address a bitch and not make it uh, uh, an issue that would demean her womanhood. You can address a bitch and not make it something that's denigrating her spirit or her person or who she is because ultimately a lot of y'all are now at that place where you are so comfortable getting on your platforms and saying, and I read a bitch, that you forget that the we have to extend each other a level of grace because society is not going to do that. And I wanted to bring this topic into the space because I know that today we did do a critique on a on a trans woman of color, right? And we gave a critique, but I feel like we handled it and we modeled behavior on how you can do that and not denigrate her legacy, not denigrate her as a woman, not denigrate her as a person and, and still address the problem, right? So if we're, the, if we're having a battle, we'll be battling about, about sneakers. Let's keep it on sneakers. Like it doesn't have to become a character assassination. It doesn't have to become a, an, a, a read about my physical like physicality. And I wanted to bring that into the space as a PSA because I think that we're getting to the point where we're creating an echo chamber of toxicity that we're keeping ourselves in. So if I'm a trans woman, right, and I'm and I'm choosing to put forth and support just black trans um, content, let's say I make the stance, you know how they say, by black. Let's say I buy trans. If I'm gonna buy trans, and at least one, at least when I'm subscribing to all these trans women that are starting these podcasts, and I'm subscribing to all these trans women that call themselves, you know, culture think, you know, um, content creators and culture shifting conversations and all that shit. I'm trying to follow all these girls, but if I follow you with with the idea that you're giving me content that is going to uplift or support or talk about issues, and I'm not saying you can't roast even the community or whatever. You, we can critique, you can have your opinion, but then when you take it to that place and I'm a black trans woman and I'm logging on to your live, your weekly live, and you're now starting to call trans women out of their gender, now you've lost me, sis. And if I'm someone new to the space, then it sounds like a horrible, huge contradiction when in one video, you're reading the cishets 
and going ham because they're going at Dwayne Wade's son and um, excuse me, Dwayne Wade's daughter and Dwayne Wade, and they're going at that situation. Um, shout out to you, Zaya, love you down. But you're gonna you're gonna critique that scenario and and how he's raising his child, and you're gonna say, okay, I'm gonna stand up for this child. The community's attacking. We're not gonna misgender her. We're not gonna do any of these things. We're gonna uplift her. We're gonna do this. Well, then on, I can't now in a week later see you also then pull a trans woman up and read her thread and and then you might have a right to reach you know to check her but then you start talking about how she look and calling her a man so then if i'm a follower of yours and let's say you did empower me let's say i'm a cishet person and you did empower me with what you said about zaya and i gotta change your heart and then i tune in the next week and you going at a trans woman you call her a man you've now confused the fuck out of me so let's be clear we gotta be clear on that messaging sis what are your thoughts I, I don't have anything to add to, to what you to to what you said. It's a, again, it's a way we can critique each other and be in community with each other, but we don't have to engage in the same transphobia that is used against us. And if in these two and three hour rants, like since so you can say what you have to say in five or ten minutes. Because really, that's where it be fucking up for the girls. A lot of times, it just be that we too wordy. Most of the time, we we tend to be people that get to the motherfucking point. Or the, in the, the two hours, so the you just, be good for the you're, you're repeating the same thing to try to get some dramatic effect or to try to amp it up. And it's just like... And that, that's lost. Because unlike when you're sitting in person at the kitchen table around your friends who can key with you, we're watching you on the computer and you're in a room by yourself and you're taking now a half hour of your day to trash a bitch. Like... It's just not a good look. It's just not. Like, even if you were right, on minute 20, you're carrying. <laughs> like, even the way we do this on here, we're not giving a bitch uh, a 45-minute takedown. We we address it and we move the fuck on because we are aware that at a certain point, there's nothing productive that can come out of us continually critiquing another woman, particularly another trans woman, because it, it ain't like we have the luxury of having so much grace the society's gonna give us. So I'm purposely not gonna be the girl that's ever gonna try to like, just be like, fuck that bitch, she a man and this and that. Cause that's not, what, I know that to society, we're all men. And I'm and, I, and that's real. Now, I know who I am. She know who she is. Y'all know who y'all are listening. Everybody know who they are, but to the world, in the world, they're not, all of this is them giving us grace, okay? No shade. They're tolerating the shit out of this whole trans conversation. We got to uplift each other and really still remember that the work is still to be done, that we still have to be warriors against these motherfuckers out here, that we can't be infighting. And that if nothing else, even if you are going to infight, because infighting is going to happen in any community, women argue. I'm not going to make it like it's something specific to trans women. Women argue. Yeah, but we don't, have, we don't have to show our slip in public, Miss May. We don't have to carry each other that way. You, you're going too far when you're going into physical appearance, period. Because of you, that's a that's a privilege argument because that's just a set of genes that came together for us that decided whether or not people would consider us aesthetically pleasing. But at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with women's heart and their experience and who they are. And we should stop doing that. And that's all I got to say. Mm, yeah, I, I have nothing to add to that. Before we get out of here, I just have to give a shout out to our sister, our sister in my head. Miss Lena Bloom for being the first trans woman, the first black trans woman to appear on the cover of Sports Illustrated magazine. Come on, sis. That's so many of us trans women's fantasy. Like, I had a fantasy. Girl, you know, y'all know I had a fantasy. These big ass cities. I had a fantasy that one day I would be able to do that. But in the back of my mind, you know, that's impossible, bitch. Not Sports Illustrated. They're not going to get it. They're not going to get it. They're not going to do that. But to see a woman of color, particularly, I believe she's um, I don't want to assume, but she appears to be black. Or I'm black and Asian. Black and okay, but she appears to be a woman of color. I'm saying mm -hmm. she appears to be a woman of color, and I could see phenotypic features that made me think that she could be a black woman. So I felt like I could connect to her. Does that make sense? Like, mm -hmm. what her ethnicity is, bitch. I saw some black in there, and I was I was excited. So shout out to this because you know there's a wave of this whole. You know we have the trans. Oh, and I also want to give a shout out to the trans woman that is running for the um, Miss South Africa pageant. Oh, yeah, her. I want to give her a shout out. She's a dark-skinned sister. 
holding it down for the motherland and I'm I'm rooting for her and that and whatever whatever she does in life. But it's beginning to happen now where it's starting to become common to see trans women in pageantry. But black trans women, that's why I'm so excited about Miss Girl in South Africa and these and Miss Girl that's got this cover, that's a woman of color. Cause we now are starting to see, I'm um, shout out to also um um India Moore and other girls that have had the opportunity to get on like black women that have gotten on covers. Like I live for it. Oh, and, and shout out to MJ Brown Rodriguez for getting that Emmy nomination. Oh, you gonna say I'm sorry I cut you off. No, no, no. I hope she wins. No shade. Yeah. I hope she that'll be a good look for her if she wins. Yes. Yeah. And that and now forevermore she will be known as the Emmy nominated MJ Rodriguez. I want her to win. I need her to win so I can have this good cry on behalf of all the people she represented. Cause see, whether I lived for all of the writing on the show or even the production or the producers, bitch, you can't deny that they're telling a story that I never thought I would see on TV ever in my life. I didn't think that I would ever see this on TV, to be keeping it a bean. So this is historic for me, and I just can't wait to share my tears of joy with you. Yeah, no, it's, despite the shade, especially from the sister people in the shade room, which I don't, like, the fact that they use transphobia for their engagement, knowing that people are going to come up there and say crazy stuff, despite the shade, we are continuing to be visible, especially the Black the black girls and the Latinx girls and the black and Latinx girls. And it, to me, it just makes me good, feel good that y'all are going to have to deal. Everybody's going to, y'all are just going to have to deal with us coming and getting our recognition and getting our things and us not being in the dark anymore, us, us living in the light and thriving. So I'm just, I'm just really happy and blessed to be a part of this time and to see everybody shining in their respective fields and i know when it's my time to be in the spotlight and shine i'm going to shine but the, it, it just really it makes me feel good like if they can do what they're doing in their field then i can do what i'm doing in my field and we all be successful and so celebrate each other so that's all I, that's all i got i think we did a show so sis take us on up i'm gonna take us out so for those of you under the sound of my voice that are following us on all of the podcasting platforms, Spotify, um, SoundCloud. We haven't forgotten about you. I know you hear us talking a lot about our patrons. And I know you hear, you know, and I know that there are videos that y'all are hearing about that y'all aren't seeing. Y'all don't have to feel like we're not paying y'all no attention. We love and support you as well. Um, but if you really want to get into the full conversation, you're welcome to become a patron on Patreon. Um, and you will get the full conversation, the behind the scenes footage, the book clubs and all of that extra jazz that makes what we do amazing. For those of you who have subscribed to our Patreon, Patreon account, our patrons, we love you dearly. And we thank you for all that you've done for us thus far. For our YouTube followers, we see you as well. Hey, 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 hey. And everyone on social media, we love you. This has been another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast. Rune, Black Trans Woman Talking. I'm one of your co-hosts, The Lioness. And I am Aeon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast. Rome Black Trans Woman Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content. And also, don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also, become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye. bye.